Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Scoutic Podcast. Yay! <laughs> Hi, how are you? It's us again, your two favorite people on this earth. And we're going to talk about internet safety today. So I'm here with Victor Marks. And so, Victor, give us a little introduction about yourself. I like experimenting with technology. I've been doing it for far too long. And what I like about it is that it gives me the freedom to connect with other people in new and interesting ways, that, that it allows us to develop a relationship even if we aren't in the same room together. Mm-hmm. It's a good explanation. So today we're talking about internet safety. What are some, what are the most important tips you can give to somebody on how to stay safe on the internet? That's very difficult. So the question that I would say is once you start connecting to services, and, and services can be anything from, uh, you know, a, a web browser to an app to, to a communications network, like a chat thing, or, or to even just playing games with each other, that you need to decide about how much information you want to share. And the way that I think of it is like this. We all have different sides of ourselves that we show to people. There's the side that we show to our people we work with. If you have a job, there's the side that we show to our teachers, which is different from the side that we show to our friends, right? Yeah, totally. And, and you know, when, when I was a kid, I used to, I had teachers, but I didn't necessarily think of them as having lives outside of school. Yeah. They existed solely in school and solely in that teacher's role. Yeah. And then it and, gets really weird when you see them outside of school. You see them outside, like you, you, you exist outside of the building. Um, <laughs> You exist outside of the Zoom room. So the the thing is that the teacher, just as much as, as we have different sides of ourselves that we hide or show, has different sides that they show, right? They, they have a side that they show to their family and friends that is different from the side that they show to their fellow teachers that is different from the side that they share with their students. Mm-hmm. And a lot of social networks, for example, make no distinction. So they think you are one person, therefore trying to hide part of who you are from people is, is suspect. Hmm. Sus. And I disagree with that. It's not sus at all to, to balance what you're, you know, you don't want your workers knowing that you go out and party on weekends. Mm-hmm. You don't want your employer knowing that you have a drink, mm-hmm. right? But if you post that you took a drink on Facebook, and the employer sees that, then that becomes a problem, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or as a teacher, for example, if you went and had a, a Mexican taco night at the Mexican restaurant and had a drink, you wouldn't necessarily want your students seeing you with a picture of you and a beer. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong. You know, you're totally of the legal age and everything like that. But there's a question of what's appropriate to share and what's not appropriate to share. And, and Facebook, for example's opinion is, as a platform, their opinion is there's only one one you and anything you feel comfortable with sharing with one person, you should feel comfortable sharing with all. Mm-hmm. And I should like specify that Facebook does own Instagram, WhatsApp and, and a lot more. So those it, are the big ones. Yeah, they, they own several things, but those are the big ones. Yeah. But that's that's their view of the world. I disagree with their view of the world. And so when you when you start using any one of these kinds of tools, whether it's theirs or someone else's 
it's appropriate to think about how much are you giving out in terms of information. You know, I used to play a game where we would be driving along and you'd see the stick figures on the backs of people's cars and that my kid is an honor student and things like this. And I'd ask, you know, what do you know about that person based on what they're telling you? Mm-hmm. And you can figure out kind of a lot. And so the, the question is just think about what you're giving up, what information you're sharing and how you're making it available and whether or not that's what you want to be giving. Now, it's, it's possible to say that's totally the amount of information you want to be giving out. That's totally how you want to do it and that these are the tools you want to use. And that's fine for you. Mm-hmm. But when we start talking about networking applications like WhatsApp, where WhatsApp is only useful if you have other people to talk to on it, mm-hmm. your social network per se, then the decisions you make impact other people and their decisions impact you, mm-hmm. right? You're only on WhatsApp because people you actually want to talk to are on it. Yeah. Right. If they weren't there, you wouldn't either. Mm-hmm. And so these are decisions that we make maybe not intentionally, but we do them collectively as a group. Yeah. In a way. It's called the network effect. And so it's worth talking from time to time about what they're asking you to do what they're asking you to give up right yeah totally because like um we both have instagram or at least i have instagram and if you think about it like facebook can just take you know everything it's like I've, I've, like the whatsapp situation that was well, trending on twitter they told you like we take everything from like what's inside your phone to to everything on it well it's, it's a little more than that even because besides just taking the information from within that app they also have all kinds of trackers all around the internet. And so they follow you around the internet. And even if you don't have a Facebook account or an Instagram account or a WhatsApp account, any of them, they still, they develop, they, they still have access to you through all the ads and trackers that they place around the, the internet. And they also build a shadow profile for you about all the things they know about you, even though you don't have an account. How do you feel about that? You know, I don't feel great about that. Like I knew a lot of this already and I continue using it because if I leave it, I can't talk to anyone I know. And it's like this very like conflicting feeling, but it does when you say like they follow you around the internet, it feels very like the cookies thing. And it's not like the cookies yep. you eat, but you're leaving crumbs essentially. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So cookies is basically like we take your information and a lot of well, people I know accept that. So now like multiple companies know everything about them. Mm-hmm. And and in Europe, they have something called GDPR, which is a privacy regulation, which makes it so that people have to separate out what cookies you can accept. You can accept only the minimal ones that are required to make your service work or the tracking ones also and and things like that. And they're required to explain to you. And that's why when you go to a website, they even ask you to accept all cookies is because they're required to do that in, in Europe. And so you can actually click through and say, I'll take only the essential ones, please, but none of the other stuff. So I have a question. So if I'm doing something with cookies, say I don't want to accept, but if I press the X, do they still have access to me? Um, maybe in some limited way, but less than they were otherwise going to. And there are things like the, the new Safari that's in Big Sur for macOS does a thing where it will show you how many trackers and tracking cookies you've got around you. Or you could use uh, disconnect.me, which was a service for seeing that kind of thing and revealing it. Or if, if you're me, in my house, I run a thing called a pie hole, which was originally based on Raspberry Pi. And 
it blocks a number of ad trackers and cookies and things around the internet. And sometimes things break because it relies on those services that I'm blocking. Now, I don't actively block all of Facebook and all of WhatsApp because we, we use that and we also use Instagram lightly. And if I do that, then it will break those things. And so for me, for my house, I'm making a, a balanced judgment decision saying I'm allowing some things through and some things not so that we still are able to use the things that we decided we're okay with using while blocking a bunch of others. Mm -hmm. So when I load a web page, for example, the web page loads a lot faster and I, I don't see nearly as many advertisements. Now the trade-off there is that a lot of, of news services make their money off of advertisements. And so I'm actively denying them money, which means that they may go out of business. That is a balanced choice. It's not necessarily a good choice, but, but it's, it's weighing how much I want to give up and, and give up of, of access to me. Remember, they, they aren't actually, they, they have my personal information, but they aren't using and selling my personal information. What they're selling is access to me, mm -hmm. right? They, they, they do occasionally sell individual information, but generally what they're selling, because it's more profitable and more interesting, no, no one's interested to know about Scout. That's true. I can Sorry. But, no, no but offense. Nobody big, big, big companies are not paying information, paying for Scout's information. Yeah. Generally, big companies are saying we want to advertise to people like Scout. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we would like to pay for all of the access to Scout and people like Scout to sell our thing. Podcasters. No, well, some, but but that's also a lot of what Facebook is. And the thing is, is that Facebook tells the people they're selling the adverts to. They say we have the best algorithms and we have the best of all this. We can specifically target Scout and people like Scout with laser precision. Mm -hmm. The truth is they can't. So they are selling people stuff for, you know, selling people access that, that they can't actually really deliver on well. Hmm. It's, all, it's all kind of cluster. So Facebook is trying to do two things here. First of all, they're trying to be able to have access to more information. Mm -hmm. which is why they are integrating Messenger and WhatsApp and Messenger and Instagram and all these things. The other thing that they're doing is they're, they're making this integration now because they are being put under the microscope by the United States and Europe. Mm -hmm. The United States and Europe both believe that Facebook is a monopoly and an illegal monopoly. And what they want to do is, is protect, Facebook wants to protect against remedies for that illegal monopoly. Usually remedies are breaking up companies. Mm -hmm. And Facebook would be very easy to break up. They would just say, great, you're splitting off WhatsApp and you're splitting off Messenger and you're splitting off Instagram. But if they integrate them deeply before that happens, then they will be much harder to break up as a remedy. Mm-hmm which is why it's all happening now. That makes sense. Yeah. So let's, let's talk for just a second about what it is that they're actually trying to do here. What, what's the big change, right? Mm -hmm. Because we should talk about facts. Yeah. So, so what they're doing is they, they already implemented a integration between Instagram and Messenger. Yes. Okay. I was very upset about that. Yeah. With WhatsApp... For a long time, WhatsApp was able to keep a distance from, from Facebook's really seriously unreliable privacy practices because Facebook has had 
huge privacy lapses. Every time Facebook says, we're not doing something, you find out, yes, they are. Yeah. They say, we're not doing that. And a couple months later, they admit, oh, that thing we said we weren't doing? Yeah, we did it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's Facebook. And so what they did is they gave all WhatsApp users until February 8th to accept these new terms. And right now you can dismiss the pop-up without accepting anything, but it's not going to stay like that. Mm-hmm. The new terms basically say you have to agree to them or you just lose access to your account. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So what they're doing is they are going to access all of your data there. And they share that with Facebook and subsidiaries. Yeah. Um, and that's going to include account details. That's going to include any sort of metadata with your chats. That's going to include any kind of financial transactions that you do over WhatsApp pay because they have a payment network in there. Mm-hmm. Um, automatic, the app automatically collects information like log reports, device, network details, your location. Even if you haven't consented to give it your location, they do an approximate location. Mm-hmm. So they can still kind of figure out where you are. Well, if they have access to your photos and your photos have your location, they can just take it from there. Also good. Good point. So all, all of your chats and calls are still end-to-end encrypted, although that encryption has never been that good. They've never done a very strong job of that. Well, for reasons. Um, but see. all of the associated metadata is, is a huge treasure, right? Totally. You know, the, what, what, what is metadata? Do you know? I mean, isn't it like, is it, it's technically just all your data on your phone. Well, let me, let me explain. So meta mm-hmm. sort of means like more than, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's data about the data. Mm-hmm. So if we said that the data itself was the actual chat message. Yeah. Right. The chat message that says, hi, Scout, what's up? That's the chat message. The yeah. metadata is where was that sent from? Where was it sent to? When was it sent? What approximate location was it sent at? What time of day was it sent at? Were you on cellular? Were you on Wi-Fi? What was the name of that Wi-Fi? What, was what the phone password? were you on? What phone were the recipients on? That's all the metadata. There's a huge amount there. And you know, a lot of people would say, well, that's nothing scary. I don't, I don't care about metadata. But you have to remember, the United States years ago had a, um, I think, director of national intelligence who said publicly at a security conference, the United States kills people based on metadata. CIA stuff, right? Well, national intelligence, which yeah. could, you know, it could be, could be CIA, could be army, could be whatever, but, but, you know, they don't have to have the content of the message. The metadata is enough to go off of. That's so, scary. That's so very for, scary. So for Facebook, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not making it up, but I'm saying it in, in this way because I want you to understand that, that data that seems harmless can have a risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I remember when it was, it was uh, WhatsApp was trending on Twitter for like two days about this because everyone was upset and people were like, I didn't know this. And I was like, you didn't know this? It's Facebook. Well, like, They were in Congress for multiple reasons multiple times multiple and, times and and you may have a better read on some of that than some of your peers but you know the question is what do you do like because of those network effects if your friends and family are all on this then what do you do and well the question is can you talk to your friends and family and maybe not push them right away to changing it 
but just inform them. This mm-hmm. thing's coming. It's not good for you. It's good for Facebook and it's good for Facebook in- against you. Um, you know, Signal is an application that is a chat application, also a voice application. And it's a lot like WhatsApp, but it's much more secure. And, uh, you know, I was on Twitter and a fellow named Iyad al-Baghdadi wrote, it's time to dump WhatsApp and get our moms to use Signal app. There is no other way. And Signal retweeted that saying there are no terms of service for a mother's love. Well, I've heard also people saying that they were going to move to Telegram, but Telegram is also like a bit iffy, right? Well, Telegram is better than WhatsApp, but less good than Signal. Hmm. And we can discuss why that might be, but basically, so Telegram is based in Russia. Mm -hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, think about the rules that govern your data, where your data is going. Mm -hmm. And what are you losing control of by sending your data to those locations? Um, Telegram is is better, but Telegram only encrypts when you're doing person-to-person chat. If you have a group chat, they do not because they want to advertise within that group chat. Mm-hmm. So you you have choices. There there are choices, but there are limits to what's good and not good. Now, the the policy change for WhatsApp says that they're not going to add any advertisements for now. But when they say for now, that means the future, the future. is very likely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they say that any information you share with business accounts on the platform could be shared by that business account with other third parties, which is governed by those companies' privacy policies. So you, you very rapidly open the door to having privacy policies that you can't even read. Mm-hmm. I remember, um, I actually just deleted WhatsApp this morning. I had to think about it because I have multiple friends and some family that doesn't that use WhatsApp because it's easier for them. Mm-hmm. And um I had to think about it. I was like, what's better for me? Like, I can try and get in touch with them through Instagram. It's not the best, but it's better than, you know, what's happening here. And yeah. also a nice background. Um, but I, I was, I, I felt like I should tweet on to the, the WhatsApp. And I was, I, I'm going to quote myself here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a source now. Quote yourself. And, and I said I was always disgusted that way, that WhatsApp was a Facebook company and never liked Facebook. And mm-hmm. but I I wanted to read their privacy policy, oh and their terms of service. It's just it was it was so conflicting and so horrifying, because they said it's like we take everything from you. Like here's what we take. Here's what we're gonna yeah. steal. Like you don't have a choice in the matter. And then their terms of service goes. We'll take from you, but we also protect you by not taking from you. And I'm just like, you gotta make a choice here. Like you can't, you can't say I don't take from you and then just take from us and also state that you take from us. You have to like be like so unconflicting. Most people do not read the terms of service. Mm -hmm. There's there's a thing called a EULA or end user license agreement. Most people don't read them. Most people agree and click through. And recently a judge decided that if they didn't put the agree button on the last page of the terms or on the, or on the first page of the terms, if they just had you say agree to the terms and it wasn't on the page that had the terms, yeah, that it wasn't valid. Hmm. But everyone understands that you no, no one reads these things and they don't make sense unless you've gone to law school because these are contracts. Yeah. And I actually wanted to say something about that. I like Parks and Rec and there's a moment in Parks and Rec when Ben Wyatt, he's um, a government official, he gets mad and he says you shouldn't have to have a law degree to understand terms of service. Like it's so- I agree with you. 
<laughs> Leslie Nope behind you. <laughs> I agree with you. Yes, this is uh her office. See if I can move over. It's Leslie Nope's office. Dad coming in with the backgrounds. <laughs> but it's the, the the basis of all business in, in America for certain is is contracts. And mm-hmm. contracts are meant to be at their base. Um mutually agreed upon things and we, we've distorted that in such a way that people don't read the terms people don't have any way of of altering the terms and the the terms can change at without without much of any kind of notice from the uh from the the, the big corporation and you have no recourse your recourse is mediation or your recourse is to not accept the business anymore. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's very one-sided. It's very lopsided. Um, at the same time, we maintain this pretense of you have to actively agree to it, mm-hmm. which is, is, as you say, is sort of a warning step that, that you should try and think about it. I'm really, really proud that you actually tried to read them. I'm not at all surprised that it was confusing and painful, but it, what, what I would say to your listeners is that you each have to consider the upsides and downsides of using a service and what you're giving up by doing so. I, I won't say don't use WhatsApp. I won't say don't use Facebook. Mm-hmm. What I will say is that I don't use Facebook. I don't use WhatsApp. And that I have gone to the effort of, of helping my friends that want to speak with me find alternative methods that they're okay with so mm-hmm. that they can still reach me and I can still reach them. But we're using a service that's that's more to our comfort level. I actually wanted to ask about Google because a lot of these services advertise themselves as free, but if you think about it, they're not truly free because they're taking everything from you. Google. And Google does something like this, correct? Google, well, yeah. so Google, Google to their credit has always told you why they, you know, if you're using Gmail, for example, the deal was always clear. You used Gmail, they read your email, and then they used it to advertise to you. Do they read my school email? Like, because I have our school well, is Gmail. Oh, oh stole, hold up right there. If it's a school email, they say they don't because for education, they have a different contract. But if you're using Gmail and you're not in school, it's not a school account or not a corporate account. Then, then they're reading your email. Okay. So do they do the same with Google Docs and other stuff? Like if you're not a school or business account, do they read your Google Docs? Absolutely. So here's the thing. Just as I said that Facebook keeps a shadow account on you. Does Google do the same? To a lesser extent. Google does not track you around. Well, Google tracks you around the internet with with ads and double click and stuff like that and cookies. But Google has a shadow profile based on all of the email that you send Google users. Hmm. If half of the internet's email is Google, mm-hmm. and that's a rough estimate, um, then then people who don't have Google but have emailed Google users, well, Google has that email. Interesting. So if I emailed you from like, I emailed, you have a Gmail account. If I emailed you from my iCloud account, Google would read that email. Oh yeah. Because part of it's Google. Yeah. And they could match on your iCloud email to build a profile on you. 
I see. And they would then see all the people that you emailed within Gmail. Well, so Google did a thing on the Gmail app where you can add a, a Yahoo email or an iCloud email. They can still have access to that email because you're still using Google's platform, but with a different email, correct? Yo, yeah. Yep. So if somebody wanted to get away from majority of this mess and they wanted a different browser, would Brave be a good recommendation? Brave or Opera? Brave, Opera, Safari. Okay are probably the easy browser recommendations to make. Um, email providers, uh, signing up for an iCloud email is probably a good choice compared to, to any of the other free email addresses. Uh, the other option is having an ISP email address and hosting it yourself or hosting it through that ISP. Um, they're, they're, Google will allow you to take your information out of Google, download it, and then delete it. Um, but it's an exercise and it's work. And, and again, people have to weigh how much they want to do that. I have another question now. Yes. So now that we've kind of talked about, we talked about some social medias already. We talked about Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp. TikTok is a big one that I know majority of people use. And I was wondering, since a lot of my friends use it, I don't personally use it because reasons. Yeah. We, may become, we, we may get into, but if they send me a link to a TikTok and I click on it, does TikTok automatically have access to me? They have access to some, right? They have access to what device you're using. They have access to what IP address you're coming from. They have access to uh, generally where in the world you are, right? They have, they have a lot of the same kind of metadata that is is not that difficult to gather that's upsetting that's upsetting i mean because i mean when when tiktok was still musically i used it i liked it a lot and when i heard that they were changing i immediately deleted it because mm. it wasn't that important to me but um when i was trying to get stuff back i had downloaded tiktok and they probably had access to me at that point because everything's on my phone yep so if I was trying to tell someone like about like what's an alternate uh, an alternative social media to TikTok, there are a few, but which one would you recommend? Uh, there, well, it depends on what you get out of TikTok. For example, if if you just want to share short videos, then there were things like Periscope and and stuff like that that allowed you to do that kind of thing. But if you were doing it because you liked having the editing effects and and being able to do fast transitions and and stuff like that there is not a great competitor yet. I personally use Byte. I also use something called Funimate, which I would call a good competitor. There, so you found it. But yeah. um, I feel like but TikTok has gained such popularity, the, it's so hard to let go. And what's the name of that popularity? People. The network effect. Oh. Short-term memory loss. Everyone goes there because they, that yeah. has a strong networking effect. And it's the same, same problem with YouTube. What's what's the competitor to YouTube? Well, Vimeo exists, but no one uses it anymore. Thank you. <laughs> and Daily Motion as well. Uh, I mean, this see, is going on YouTube. It's kind of funny because we're right, but but right that's now. that's the issue. And the problem is, you know, with YouTube and monetization, um, the creator fund. You're at the mercy of YouTube. YouTube changes their terms on monetization. There's nothing you can do to say about it, hmm? because you don't own the video. YouTube does. All yeah. you can do is take it down. Yeah. I mean, technically you own your video, but 
once you put it there, it's also has the terms. Once you, once you upload something to the internet, you lose control over it. Mm -hmm. Right? Once you put your information out there, you stand to lose control over it. It's hard to take it back. You can delete a YouTube video, but someone made a copy of it, you've lost control. Mm -hmm. And if you, you use premium. You, you, you posted on Twitter and you decided you wanted to delete it, someone could have taken a screenshot. Once, once you try and undo something, it's there. It's difficult. It's not, it's not impossible. It's not necessarily forever because people delete servers off the internet all the time and things go down the memory hole, but archive.org exists. And if someone archived it, then it's there. So I would, I would say, be careful about what you upload. I have a be question. careful about what you give out. Yeah. Instagram, do they create copies of your posts so it's never truly deleted? Entirely possible. I mean, I, I can we see them doing that. But like I've deleted a ton of posts. I just do it like every now and then because they're I just get like I'm like, why do I look really bad in this picture? So, so here's what they do, right? They they like Google have multiple, multiple, multiple servers. And they may just be doing what everyone else does now, which is use Amazon and let Amazon have multiple, multiple servers because it's way cheaper than buying your own. Mm -hmm. And when they delete something, it it may not be deleted immediately and it may not be deleted entirely. Sometimes things take 15 days to delete because they want to leave them around so that law enforcement can subpoena them if they still want them. Sometimes there are multiple copies and a copy doesn't truly get destroyed until a server actually fails and a hard drive dies. Mm -hmm. So you just don't know because again, you, you've lost control over it. And no, you if, you, if a person has YouTube premium, they can download your video. So it's, it's never truly yours. Well, you know you, I mean? it, it's yours, but you've lost control over it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I know. What else would you like to hear about? Is there a last thing I can answer because we have to wrap this up? You're frozen. I died. Oh my God, dad, come here. He decided to come into this room. Oh my God, why? Okay, so what is your favorite social media? I tend to use Twitter Reddit and Twitter. <laughs> Wait, but, what's uh, the other one? I, I was, I, the, the computer that I was calling from was kicked off the internet. Well, he's here now. So I, I tend to use Twitter. Okay. Yeah, well, he, do, he does a lot on Twitter. <laughs> he does. And where can people find you on the internet? You should find me at knapsack.news or wristwatchreview.com. Oh, yes. Anyways, happy 2021. It's been kind of hectic, but this is the first episode of 2021. Stay hydrated. Stay happy. Keep living. <laughs> High five. Thank you for watching. I'm Scout. This is Victor, also known as my dad. You can find me on Instagram. I'll put a link in the description box thing. Anyways, bye! <laughs>